And now, it's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve. Hello, uh, we're back. It's a, uh, back from a hiatus, a uh, two-week hiatus. I think this is episode 11, maybe? 11, episode 10, I always get that wrong. But, um, yeah, so, I um, in this podcast, we're going to be talking about Patrick Kane, uh, the American Young Guns now that have been taking over the league. Uh, John Scott, what's going on with that in the All-Star voting. And um, a bunch of different suspensions. But uh, let's start with uh, Patrick Kane right now. He um, he is ha- now... We talked a bit about it, I think, in the last podcast. Maybe the uh, episode before that, but... Uh, he's now, he now has a 21 game, uh, point streak. What? Yep. 21 game point streak. That, that's the, the longest in American, uh, by American player in the NHL, right? Yeah. Um, and he is also, I think he tied, um, Bobby Hull for, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks franchise record. Um, yes, he did. so, and, um, and, and at the time this podcast is being recorded, they will face off against the Winnipeg Jets tonight, so he could surpass it with a point. Or he could, you know, yeah, it could. Definitely, definitely, uh, it could be a milestone night for him. He, he yeah. Could, he could make franchise history tonight, too. Uh, yeah, he could, uh, yeah, it's, it, he could, or he could just not have a point, so he, it couldn't, um, this. This whole thing yeah, could be fun. See, the thing is, the Winnipeg Jets played the night before. They are probably going to start Michael Hutchison tonight because as good as uh, Hellebuck is right now, there's no way they're going to overwork him. Um, yeah, I agree. They're no. probably going to want to keep him fresh. And the way Hutchison has been playing uh, since his hot starts, I don't see him uh, keeping Kane off the score sheet. He'll probably find a way there, even if it's a blue ball. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think I don't know if, who's playing for the Winnipeg Jets, um, who's starting. But uh, yeah, but I, I was just saying he could. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was I was just saying that like yeah he could he could break it, but it, he could also you know lose the streak too. That's true, but the the, the odds are that he. That the streak ends tonight, I, I would think, uh, aren't very high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's a it's a great accomplishment. I guess it's something that um, I guess we know what motivates Patrick Kane. Um, you know, if you're, you know, a lot of people thought he wasn't going to be in the league this at all right now, um, yeah. and now he's, you know, he's probably he's by far the best player right now. So. Um, yeah, it's interesting in terms of that aspect of it, where um, where I don't even know if the league is even happy about this point streak thing. Um, I mean, I know in terms of the franchise record thing, I know Bobby Hull wasn't a great guy either. So, um, so I don't know. It's, it's sometimes it's it's easy to judge character. Um, and after everything he went through during the offseason, all the distractions he had to deal with, regardless of whether you think he did anything wrong, all the questions he had to answer, when you go out and get a 21-game point streak and make history, that, 
just goes to the way I look at it right now. Patrick Kane is is on some kind of a roll right now, and he's tough to stop. And when you go on a point streak of 21 games, it's easy to see why. Yeah, uh, you kind of cut off there for a bit, but I got the gist of it. But um, uh, it's okay. There, now, now, before we continue, like I remember there was this guy named Danny Eatley. Uh, I don't like saying his name nowadays, uh, <laughs> but... Um, I wonder why. You know, the whole Trevi situation happened in Ottawa. In his first year with the Sens, he was on a 22-game point streak. And uh, Patrick Kane will tie that with the point uh, tonight against the Winnipeg Jets. If, in fact, he does get that point. We all assume he will. Um, in which case, that would tie probably, um, you know, the longest point streak since Wayne Gretzky. And as good as Danny Healy is, as good as Patrick Kane is, I don't think anyone is touching Wayne Gretzky's record because that's at 51 games. Like, Patrick Kane's 21-game point streak is impressive. He's got 30 games to go yeah. in order just to tie Wayne Gretzky. Like, that's going to be impossible to <laughs> Yeah, no, I, it's it's going to end soon, but I don't know when exactly. I'm trying to see if I can find the Blackhawks schedule. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I mean... Obviously, no one can really touch Wayne Gretzky, so uh, the <laughs> of all his records. I think that's um, that's true. Um, let's see here, Steve. Right. Yeah, he. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so he plays the Jets and the Blackhawks play the Jets tonight. Uh, then he has a home and home with the Predators this week. Um, then the Jets again. Um, so, uh, the Predators aren't playing so well. Um, Pekka Rene hasn't been uh, great. So um, he can definitely get a point there in those two games. He plays the Jets um, after that home-and-home. Home. Then he plays the Canucks, who haven't been playing well. The Avalanche, the Oilers, the Sabres, then the Sharks and the Stars. So they could certainly do it because these are not very... Uh, defensive teams, um, yeah. unless yeah. given given the teams that he's going up against, I think Nashville's probably the most likely to stop him, especially when he gets there. The you're right; they have faltered, so it's it's yeah. not it's it's not exactly a slam dunk that he'll be able to extend that point streak, but he's got a shot, definitely. Yeah, that and uh, Ryan Miller um, with the Canucks, so. For the Canucks in general, like they had merged him in that last uh, last night against Boston, didn't matter. Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, they're not. Um, Markstrom's not good, but I don't. Ryan Miller is. Um, you know, he's a good goalie, so um, he has a chance. I'm just looking at all the Same goalies. Well about Marshawn, but he, he's he's turning it up right now. He's scoring a ton. Of- yeah, we'll get into that in a bit. Um, <laughs> Yeah, um, it's a preview of the of our segment later. Um, yeah, let's let's uh, let's talk about the uh, Americans. Um, speaking of Americans with Patrick Kane, uh, yeah. So a bunch of Americans have uh, been taking over the league lately. I know I was uh, 
off the air, I was talking to you about how the Americans are, like, are now going to, like, you know, are taking over the NHL with uh, Hell Busick, as we just mentioned, um, in Winnipeg, um, or he's the Winnipeg guy, um, he, uh, Andre Pavlich got injured, and then, um, uh, so then they recalled, uh, Connor Helbusik, um, and they got, so in the three games he started, he has, uh, three wins, um, he's let out three goals, and, yeah, and, um, his, so his, uh, goal, his save percentage is 965, his goal against average is about one. Um, if you can do the math like that. Um, so yeah, um, and then you also have John Gibson, who's taking over Frederick Anderson, who has been injured. Um, he's had two shutouts, um, and he's, he's been even more impressive. He has, uh, what, he has two shutouts, and then, um, I mean, yeah, there's been a couple of games where he's let out three goals, but um, so he has a save percentage of 942 and a goal against average of 155. Hello? And then we have, um, yeah, I guess you're in and out here, but whatever. Yeah. Um, and then we have Garrett Sparks, who had, uh, he started the, he uh, came in from, I guess, Reimer is injured, so he got recalled. Um, but uh, he started the he started uh, his career when he shut out the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, then he let out six to Winnipeg, and then he had a good game last night against St. Louis. Um, he won that, but he has a but his Winnipeg game. So he's only played three games, um, yeah. but. Um, Winnipeg, but he has a 920 save percentage and a goal against average of uh, 234. So Hell Busick has been the more impressive one. I was um, my fantasy hockey pool or form. There's been a lot of talk about if when uh, Anderson or uh, Pavlich are healthy, what's going to happen to Hell Busick and Gibson? And I think they like if they continue to do. Uh, to do well right now, they're going to, um, they're both going to, um, you know, I don't see how they can be sent down because it's like a Andrew Hammond thing of last year. It's like, um, just cause of how, um, you know, it's like, well, if they're still like, these guys are both the future of the franchise, unlike Andrew Hammond, but, uh, they, you know, they they certainly have turned it on. They're and they've proven that they they're capable, even though it's a little bit of a small sample size. Um, so they might um, they might just be recalled down. I mean, I guess they could be recalled down, but um, I don't know. I feel like they could just uh, take the back, just take the lead, and um, you know, never give it back. That kind well, of thing. It, see, the thing about that is, I was listening to TSN. Um, a couple of days ago, and Bob McKenzie, I think it was, was alluding to the fact, maybe it was one of the other panelists, he was alluding to the fact that the Anaheim Ducks are taking offers on Anton Hudobin, uh, Freddie Anderson's 
backup. Backup. And at the right price, they might be willing to trade Anderson, too. So Gibson's the goalie of the future, no doubt about that. He's going to have a role on this team. It's just a matter of when. And I think the plan was to give him some more time. until give him a chance to fully develop and once again he's proven time and time again can play in this league and he can do very well in this league and he's shown it again so oh it'll be very tough once Freddie Anderson uh comes back from that to flu bug that he got bit by uh to send John Gibson down if he keeps um and yeah prior to Saturday he was three two and one but like you said provided stable goaltending this Garrett Sparks kid Used to play with the Guelph Storm in the OHL. Posted a shout in his Leafs debut. Yes, it was against the Oilers, but consider this. No other Maple Leafs goalie in franchise history posted a shutout and a win in their NHL debut. And he was the first to do that. So, yeah, that's probably going to put a load of expectations on him now. And, right. you know, he was, as you saw in the game against Winnipeg, he looked cute. But he bounced back with a 4-1 win in St. Louis. And he looked pretty good at times. Yeah. Um, but perhaps what I like the most about him is his Cujo-style mask and his Trevor Kid pads. Those are genius. Yeah, yeah. Absolute genius. Uh, as for Hellebuke, um, three goals, three NHL stars, all three of which are wins, like you said. But while his numbers are impressive, keep in mind that Michael Hutchison at the start of the, the season also started off, off with three wins and a similar GAA. He has since recorded two wins and a GAA well over three. So Hellebuke is going to hit a rough patch at some point. And how he bounces back is going to be that test. Now there's this Shane Costas Bear kid, or Ghost Bear as you call him. I did, frankly didn't know much about this guy other than the fact that he got four goals and two assists in his first nine games with Philly this year. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's Shane Ghost Bear. He was um, a lot of people call him Ghost Bear because I don't. I saw an article on TSN site from Bob McKenzie, yeah. and I became a fan instantly. Uh, Bob McKenzie, <laughs> here, here, here. Yeah, it's the easiest thing to remember about him. Like, he even has last names sometimes. Um, and so the story about Bob McKenzie, he was flickering through the Frozen Four, uh, the college playoff there. Uh, Union, I think they're playing against the Minnesota Golden Gophers. I think that's what their team is Yeah, yeah. Called. It's Golden, Golden Gophers, Gophers Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah, highly regarded program. And so one of the most well-known personalities – in the game of hockey off the ice in Canada, Bob McKenzie he does some stuff on NBC too. And he said he was flickering through the final weekend of the NHL's regular season and that game between Union and Minnesota. And he was watching Shane Gostas Bear play his butt off and absolutely wow every single person in that building. He couldn't change the channel because he was that good. I watched yeah. the highlight pack myself. He was playing out of his mind that day. And the fact that he's got six points in nine games shows on that big videotape that this are just starting to realize how good he is and i've seen his shot that guy can absolutely rip it he's got a deadly shot yeah i was I, uh, I, I'm, I'm really a fan of that guy i uh, i was uh i was just gonna i mean i was gonna mention Gus, ghost ghost bear um yeah. yeah like uh the reason why i call him ghost bear is because i have known him in the college ranks and he's He's always yeah. been hyped, kind of like a Johnny Goudreau type, where, like, um, like you know, even when you're, like, all the American hockey fans, like, know who he is um, before they set into NHL. So he's, like, he's been a hyped college guy for a while now. So um, it's great that he's finally getting 
um, his due and respect, I guess. Um, but yeah, he's he now, has. Now here, here's a question for you before we move on. Yep. Flyers need a puck moving defenseman. Do you think Shane Gostas Bear can be that puck moving defenseman? Um, can he be that guy? Yeah, I think eventually. I don't know. Um, like. I feel like for defensemen, it takes a while for them to develop. So I don't know. I assume, like all these goalies that we're talking about, I assume he's going to struggle a bit too, um, eventually. Um, so I think it, it should be. I I think once once we see how he deals with that struggle, um, then we can. Um, then we can see, like, oh, this guy's for real or not. Um, you know, because I know he's, he's bound to do that. He's bound to struggle. I, I love the kid, too. So, um, but, um, yeah. Um, and I think I just wanted to get to a point back to with uh, Helbusic and Gibson where I don't, I think, like, if, I mean, yeah, they're doing well right now, but I just wanted to mention that, um, like, if they're, if they continue to do well while they're, the goalies that they were replacing are healthy, you know, I don't, I don't see how they can, um, how those teams can send them down. It seems kind of crazy to me, but, well, especially um, when, when you look at Anaheim being, you know, a division favorite and now yeah. all of a sudden they're just fighting to make a playoff spot. And you look at the Winnipeg Jets and the, probably the fact they're in the toughest division right now, and they're adjusting for a playoff Especially, you, you got to go yeah. with the hot hands. Especially with how, for uh, Winnipeg's case, especially how, like, Pavlich hasn't been that great. Hutchinson hasn't been that great. Um, so it's, um, you know, yeah, exactly. You go with the hot hand, you go with what's working. So, um, yeah, it should be interesting to see. And it's... It's great for the Amer- U.S. future, from from my side. Um, I know I was talking about this off the air, but I was just mentioning how, like, uh, the U.S. has a really bright future, not just with the Gibson help you sick, but, like, with Goudreau, Eichel, Austin Matthews we got going on, Ghost Bear now. Um, there's a bunch of other players. Larkin, Dylan Larkin, Galchenyuk. Um, so it's, um, so it's a great time to be an American hockey fan, um, and it's going to be even better very, very shortly. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I don't know, I guess we can go on to another topic now. Uh, so, uh, let's, uh, let's go on to the, uh, Canadians here with, um, they're without uh, Carey Price again. Um, and longer this time. And longer this time. I think it's like a month now or so something like that. saying mid-January at the earliest is when he could right. be back. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. He's going to miss the Winter Classic. Um, and then uh, Mike Condon is going to come in, another American player. I didn't realize. Apparently, he's a Bruins fan. I think I mentioned that before. He's but from Boston, apparently, or from the yeah. Boston. Yeah. So, so uh, that, that, that'll be an interesting moment going to Boston playing in the winter class. Yeah, exactly. That's um but I don't think he he's been as good as he was the last time he took over Mike Condon I'm talking about. Yeah, um uh, I I think he's played good enough to win, but he he hasn't wowed us like he did at the beginning of the year. 
Tom. Yeah, he's... Uh, I, think well, slowly, I think teams are slowly starting to figure him out. Yeah, the last two games, he's given up three goals. Um, uh, one to Washington, which is understandable. And then the other one was... Yesterday was Car- against Carolina, which isn't yeah. as understandable. Uh, to, be, to be fair, the Habs... Uh, outshot the Hurricanes 38 to 29, I think, and Cam Ward uh, yeah. held his own there. So, um, yeah, Cam Ward's been great, uh, or has been good, or he was good last night, I guess. Um, but yeah, um, so I guess I guess people have kind of figured out. So the Habs are sort of in trouble, I guess. But they, but now that they've continued to store uh, to score, um, I don't think it's that big of a um, it's as big of a deal, but of course, and you always want Carey Price. So he's the best goaltender in the game. So, um, so why this stretch could define the season? Um, yeah. So this, yeah, this when Carey Price is out, um, it could define what the Habs are really, really are. Um, oh yeah, because the whole knock on the Habs is just like, oh, Carey Price is good. He is the reason why the Habs are doing this well. The real test is going to be how they play without Carey Price. Just wait, you know, if, if God forbid if he gets hurt, you know, we're going to see what this team is made of. Well, if what this team is made of, if they are as good as advertised with Carey Price in the lineup, and they can play like that without, even just play average is more than just Carey Price and the Montreal Canadiens. It's the Montreal Canadiens as a team. They're dangerous, and you can't take them lightly, with or without Carey Price. And so, yeah, this is a season-defining stretch for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it should be interesting to see how um, how it goes with Montreal. Um, yeah, I mean... And we'll see how when Carey Price gets back if he can return to form like he was last year. Um, I think it's like a is it a back thing, right? Might be a knee. Um, but um, yeah, so it's um, it should be uh, interesting to see about that because he's. I think we lost Steve here. Um, yeah, uh, a lot. No, I'm. Oh, I'm you're back now. But uh, while while that we were just getting reconnected, I'm thinking, you know, and I've talked about this in previous podcasts, but Thomas Lacanis, like he, he just just a number for this guy. He just keeps on rolling. He keeps on delivering. He keeps putting up the points, and he has quietly uh, showed why he, he, he deserved that uh, two year deal that the Habs gave him. I mean, the this this guy has been playing very good for them this year, and I think he's kind of he's kind of helped. Um, ease the burden, the offensive burden that uh, this team uh, allegedly had, and and now there's less pressure on Patch Ready to deliver, and 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 the veteran guy is getting it done this year. Yeah, um, yeah, they're they're fast. Montreal is a fascinating team with it. Is it a? I was trying to think. Was is it a um, a back injury or is it a um, knee injury for Price? Um, I heard from a source that the injury stemmed from apparently stepping on a puck in. Stepping on a puck, jeez. Just stuck. 
Um, okay. I don't know if that answers your question or not. Wait, he, you were in and out there, so he stepped okay. on a puck? That's all I heard. What I heard from Complete Hockey News, the injury stemmed from stepping on a puck in practice. Another report I heard is that Chris Kreider, that collision from two years ago in the Eastern Conference Finals, is still lingering. So I think it might be something more to do with his knee than it. Oh. Well, wait. So, just because of something that happened two years ago? I mean... Well, remember when Chris Kreider went hard? No, I remember that. But I'm saying, like... He then went on to have the best season of his life after that. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I don't... <laughs> um, it is his leg, though. Um, as I'm looking it up. I'm not quite sure, but irregardless, the Hats are playing without Gary Price. and They're going to need to find a way to get by without him, and they've done a good job of that so far, um, um, so it's just a matter of uh, keeping things going regardless of what's happening. It's obviously an injury that's going to keep him out for at least a month or two, and, and uh, you know, regardless of it's, if it's his knee, it's his ankle, uh, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Whatever. Give him the time that he needs. Don't put him on the ice until he's 100% or it's just time to yeah, the, um, it sounded like you're you're uh, wanting to make a point, so I'll let you do that. No, 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 it's fine. I I just I was just looking it up. Um, it's uh, my my point was more that like I don't know if it's a Chris Kreider thing just because it happened two years ago and then um and then he went on to have one of the best seasons of his life. Yeah, so so I don't know if it's that. that. It's it's probably it's just probably reaggravated because he was injured for part of the I uh, you know at the beginning of the yeah. year so um, it's probably reaggravated. Um, apparently, I looked it up, so he has a. It says it's a leg injury. They're not really specific. That's, that's probably the logical. That's probably the logical scenario. What happened is he, he, he suffered a relapse. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I imagine that's it. But I, I was just curious in terms of. Um, what he actually injured, and if it's like, because I, I, I'm more curious about if he's going to be back to his full health um, when he returns. Um, you know, because I, I think of um, like Rick DiPietro uh, back when I think we lost Steve again, um, where uh, he, uh, you know, he just had all this injury stuff. So, I don't know, um, for Carey Price, what's going to happen. Um, are we back, Steve? Yeah. I was just, I'm just saying, I don't know, I don't know if, uh, I was, like, when I think back to, uh, Rick DiPietro, where he had yeah. all these injuries, so I don't know, I'm just trying to think of, like, when Carey Price returns, will he be back to form? Um. And that's... I think they're taking the time because if if the Rick DiPietro injuries were more severe than, than people thought they were, and, and a guy like Kerry Price, he can't rush back in the lineup. He's, he's so crucial to your team's success. There's, you can't rush him. And, and while DiPietro had a lot of hype to him, I think... Yeah, I don't... I think when you... Uh, 
and the Habs fans are hoping, I think this situation is going to be much more different because the pressure on DiPietro to perform with this contract, and I think that factored into it more than anything. I think he's a lot more, he was a lot more injury prone than Carey Price was. So the Habs fans are obviously hoping that's not. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I don't think it's going to get to that. Here, but um, I, I don't think it's, it's, it's the same kind of thing. Um, as as when because he also went, I, he also had crushing problems too. Right. I think that also slowed him down too. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's gonna get to that point. I was just, um, I was just trying to because th- I don't, I just don't know if he can return to his form. I guess. Um, I mean, I know it's a different scenario, but I, I was just, um, I was just trying to think like when he comes back. Will he be the same? Yeah. Um, so, uh, I guess we can uh, start with, uh, we can do, yeah, let's go with, uh, if he can reach, if Price can return to uh, to form, uh, he'll be an all-star for sure, um, which uh, the all-star game just started a, you know, just started their voting. Uh, segue, my friend. I know, That's I know. Perfect segue. Thank you. Um, yeah, the, uh, so John... And the fans don't lie, obviously. Yeah, the, the fan. so the big uh, news right now is that John Scott is number one in all-star voting right now. Um, all by the fans. Um, yeah, so, uh, so I believe there's only four spots available for an all-star fan vote. Uh, John Scott is the number one right now. Um, it's not, uh, this guy is a known goon. Um, he doesn't get a ton of ice time on Arizona. So it's like, um, yeah, I think he only has like one goal in his last like 50 games or something like that. Even more than that, probably. Um, (laughs) I'm not going to look up his stats right now, but, um, yeah, so, uh, I, um, but yeah, it started with the internet who, uh, whenever online voting things happen like this, like, uh, Gergensen's last year, yeah, um, this is two years in a row now. Yeah. And then, yeah, um, happened. I think the NHL definitely needs to rethink this a little bit. Well, they were, they were definitely starting to with this four, cause like last year they had, uh, they had, they could only vote in six people. And those six people were five Blackhawks players who would have probably gotten in anyways. And then you have, um, and then you have Zemgis Gergensen, which is like half of Lafia and people who just thought it was funny to have, uh, this guy on the team. So, um, yeah, so then I, I think it's like they, um, so now it's like four, I um, mean, one for each division. So you have John Scott in one division, who's just going to take the central, the Pacific division spot. Which, I mean, to be honest, I think the way it's going to work is it's um, for the all this All Star game. It's three on three, so it's the Atlantic will play the Metro in the first period, and then the Pacific will play the Central. So if, if John Scott gets into the Pacific team. He's probably just going to play 20 minutes because there's no... Or he's going to play, like, just for, um, I don't know how long for the... But he's 
He's not, they're not going to beat the Central. So all the star players, right? Right, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> that that too. So, I mean, it's also like, I mean, like, I, to me, as a fan, I don't really care. Um, I mean, like, I guess you could say it's like, you know, like, why does John Scott get to go and not Nick Backstrom or something? Like, yeah. I'm sure there's going to be a snub. But, or like Max Domi, who has been playing actually well. So he's gonna take the Coyote nomination, but the at the same time, still a thing. He can play in that, right? What? Uh, don't the I don't know exactly. Game. Probably, but I don't know if he can play in the actual game or if he can yeah. do skill competition. He's certainly, so. certainly more in some conversation. He's been playing well, but yeah. John Scott says, um, and and he's taking all this in stride. He says, "Yeah, my my teammates and I were giving me a hard time about it, and the coaches were actually." Um, Resting me early to get me ready yeah. for the next game. <laughs> yeah. And, and he, he says, well, he plans to attend the events. He feels that a lot of others deserve to go, and he's right about that. He's right on both fronts. Right. This is probably your only chance to go to the All-Star game, so you, you might as well take it uh, if you get the honor. And Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm glad, you know, he's, he's taking this in stride. And he also realizes, while well, he appreciates all the fan support, that, you know, other people are, are a lot more deserving of honor than he is right he doesn't mind the attention but he he, he, he you know he doesn't like get to his head on that yeah yeah i think that's like a that's a hockey player i think that's a hockey player response where you're like um where you're just humble i guess uh the um i was just yeah i was just saying that i don't think i don't have a huge deal with it i mean i can see like i can from like a from a fan's perspective, it's like you want to see like it's it's basically like me playing with uh, all these stars. It's like well, yeah, you know. it's every fan has this twisted reality of wouldn't it be great if dot 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 yeah yeah, and then there's this one twisted reality that actually comes true. Last year it was hey why why not have a Latvia about Zemgis Jurgensen's in the All Star game? Yeah, this year it's hey why is he a good play amongst all these skaters? Oh, Especially a three on three like. Yeah, um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's it's something that the NHL can, it's hard to avoid with this fan yeah, vote thing. I think they know what they what to expect in, in certain situations like this. They know there's going to be a group of bad fans who want that guy right. to be in that game, yeah. and if that guy may, probably shouldn't be in there in the first place. Well, the thing is, is that I think right now, uh, so Yager's leading the Atlantic Division yeah. vote. Um, Ovechkin he says he'll die playing three on three, and while he appreciates the support, he's not going. Right. Going. Well, but then Timu Silani pushed him yeah, he to go. Tried to reconvince him. I don't know if it worked though. <laughs> we'll see. Um, Ovechkin's leading the Metro Division, and Patrick yeah, Kane's, and then Patrick Kane's leading the Central Division. Yeah. But it's kind of crazy to me because like you're voting in three those three. We're going to be in anyways, um, so that's a little silly to me. But um, but yeah, so if you're, you're getting John Scott, I I have no problem with it. I don't know if you do. Um, I do. I there. He has said some comments about like you know he doesn't want to go in through um, like this kind of like the he wants to go in the right way, not the wrong way. Yeah. Um, 
so I do feel a bit bad, even though he did in, uh, concuss my uh, Louis Erickson. But, um, but yeah, I mean, so I know he's a good guy, but, like, it's, um, at the same time, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's like, you know, your fans want to see what the fans want to see, so, um, and it's, and it's like, a, it's a Pacific division, it's not like he's, um, it's kind of the, by far the worst division, so, um, I don't think it matters too much in the grand scheme of things. It's the all-star game. It's meaningless. Um, yeah. So I, I just don't like those people who are like, like the integrity of the game, you know, the all-stars should actually be all-stars, you know? Yeah, that's true. But I think the fans' logic is, you know, how many times do you see a guy like John Scott in the all-star game? Right. And the NHL... How many times have you seen three-on-three in the All-Star game? Never. Well, you're about to. So there's going to be a ton of firsts in this All-Star game, and I think the the NHL, if they want to generate interest in the All-Star game, maybe they'll let John Scott play in the All-Star game. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But either way, this this year is going to be an interesting experiment for the league, and I think could ultimately make or break the future of these festivities if they even happen at all in a couple years. Yeah, there were some rumors that they were going to do, like, a World Cup thing or, like, a Ryder Cup thing. Um, for the, I don't know how that's going to work, but, um, but yeah, so it should be, um, but, yeah, I mean, we were talking about this in the last podcast, but, yeah, it should be exciting to see um, how they do it, really, um, and if, like, how exciting 3-on-3 three three will be for 60 minutes instead of just 5. Um, but yeah, it should be cool. Um, so let's, uh, let's talk about some suspensions now. Um, (laughs) I don't, I don't really have a, as good of a segue here, but, um, yeah, so, uh, so it's been a while since we, uh, we talked, since we've been recording now. So a bunch of suspensions happened. Um, so, uh, Brandon Dubinsky, uh, cross-checked Sidney Crosby in the, uh, neck, and then, three times, um, and then, uh, basically beat him up while he was defenseless. Um, Dubinsky... He didn't beat him up, he just cross-checked him a third time, which is, I think, classless. And he only got one game for that. Yeah, I was about to say, he only got one game. Um, he, uh, yeah, Dubinsky and Crosby have, like, a history together, like, uh, back when Dubinsky was on the Rangers, they always, like, fight and stuff, so, um... I, I think... What? When, when the Jackets and the Penguins faced off in the playoffs a couple of years ago, they, they, they were going at it pretty good for that, during that time, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. I think it was him that, that was too. giving Crosby a hard time. Yeah, they, um, yeah, Dubinsky's, uh, like, a quote-unquote rival to, um, Crosby. Like, not... In terms of skill-wise, but in terms of, like, actually getting under his skin-wise. Um, but, yeah, the, um, uh, yeah, it was only one game. I believe it's because of Dubinsky has a clean history besides this suspension. So, um, it's, it's one of the dirtiest things I've seen um, in the NHL, but... Um, but yeah, so I thought at least he'd get like maybe like two or three games, 
But um, but I guess since history, it just doesn't make sense to me, really. Um, I've kind of given up making sense with all these suspension stuff. Um, yeah. um And then um, I didn't see this hit, but uh, Radko Gudis. Radko Gudis, yeah. Oh, what's that? Three games for for right off the draw, he gets the Benajad and uh, a three game suspension as a result. Um, honestly, I looked at the hit and maybe deserved the one game suspension, but three, I honestly didn't. It didn't feel like a three game suspension in my book. So it. I think maybe they're being a little bit too generous when giving out the suspension there. One, maybe two, but three games. Uh, I, I think I think they kind of. I, I don't see that as a three game suspension. Like it all happened so quickly, it, it didn't look like a three game suspension to me. Like he cross checked him in the neck. Yeah. But I think he was. It was less of a cross check and more finishing his check. But for whatever reason, Angel saw that it was a three game suspension, and they gave Gudas three games. But. They, I think they look at the result because Banajad was walk was off the ice and he took a long time getting off the ice. He needed to be helped off the ice as well. And Crosby, he got up and he was okay. And I think maybe he got a point uh, later on in the in the contest against yeah. Columbus. So I think they looked at the results and thought, okay, that's three game suspension. Because Sabanta took a long time to get up. Crosby gets up, but he's okay. Only give Dubinsky one game. They right. need to punish for intent, not the results of the play. They need to punish for intent. Because if you punish for the results, uh, I don't think you send a message across. If you punish for intent, I think you're more likely to send the message that, hey, if you do this and you intend to do this, you're going to get punished. And I think they... Let off on Dubinsky a little bit there. He should have gotten a lot more than one game. Gudas, maybe maybe he deserved the three-game. Maybe he didn't, but it didn't look like a three-game suspension to me. So it, the NHL, I think, is being a bit inconsistent with how they handle suspensions. And now the question is, with Brandon Preston, his spear on Brad Marchand in uh, Saturday night's tilt, you wonder how many games he's going to get for that because it was 4 nothing Boston at that point, away from the play. And just when he wasn't looking, just speared Marshawn in the, as Brad Marshawn describes it, the fun spot. <laughs> and uh, so it, I don't know how that can't be a five-game suspension because the intent is there. When he wasn't looking, when the ref wasn't looking, he just out of the blue speared him when his team yeah. is down by four goals. There's no reason to do that whatsoever. Yeah, well, I mean, Marshawn... Ter- uh, turned out to be okay, I guess. I don't know. I don't think he continued to play. I was watching that game, but... Yeah, I, don't... I, think he, I think he left and didn't return. No, no, he was on the bench, but... Oh, he was on the bench, okay. Um, I, don't, I just don't know if he went on the ice afterwards. I don't think he did, but yeah. I don't he, think there's any reason... I think, yeah, I think it, it was just, like, he was healthy. Like, the Bruins, like, he could have played, but I think the Bruins were just like, all right, let's, <laughs> let's just try to keep our guys healthy so they didn't yeah. want to, you know, stir anything, so. Especially with the way Marshawn's been scoring, too. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, maybe. so, um, so, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I, from, I think he'll, he, it should be, like, a five-game suspension for Prust, mm-hmm. but, 
Um, I have a feeling it's like it might be like a one game suspension for him. I I don't know his I don't know his history. So, um, but um, injury history or his concussion history. So I've kind of. Yeah. It, intent is the key here. Well, no, I mean, I know you don't care, but it's it, yeah. it is a I factor know, I for them. The record is probably going to be looked at, but still, you need to. Yeah. Uh, I'd be fine with five games for that. Like that's just absolutely all for. Yeah. No, I agree, but it, I I just I just know that that plays into a factor. I know it's, yeah. it, it, it may not. It does. Right. Um, I think that's what they look at too. So they they look at it like if if like. If Crosby was actually injured or hurt, then Dubinsky may have had, may have been suspended for more games. Um, so I think they they lo- they also look at if this guy has a history or not. But um, I've kind of given up on on um, on on the suspension front in terms of like what deserves what, but. Um, so I'm gonna say, I hope it's five games, but I don't think it's gonna be five games. You think it's gonna be less than that? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, I hope you're wrong. <laughs> I hope you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um. So we have, we have the Oilers on this list. I don't know if we need to really talk about them. Uh, they've, they've just been um, they're the worst team in the league yet again. Um, right even now, though they, even though they play better, and they've been yeah, even though they've been playing well, um, they've been playing well. Uh, I think Connor McDavid's coming soon, uh, coming yeah, back. He'll probably be back within the next month. I think he's progressing yeah. better than expected, though. Exactly, and um, and they got Jordan Eberle, who got yeah. the game winner on in OT last uh, the last like, game against Dallas. Too. Against Dallas, Andrew Nilsson. The, the fact they win yeah. two to one against a team like Dallas, that's Anders and Nilsson playing, playing better than Cam Talbot has. Yeah, exactly. Um, Anders Nilsson has been playing well. So, although I mean, I don't think we need to talk too much about them. I think they're going to pick it up because they have been looking really good. It's just, yeah. um, it's just mind boggling that once again we're talking about the Oilers potentially getting a lottery pick. Yeah, yeah. Kevin <laughs> um, David and, and and the other three guys that they had, they would have. Well, the yeah. One in seven years they could get like it's unbelievable. Yeah, it is crazy. I th- it's kind of I think it's also a lot has to do with injuries because like R and H and Taylor Hall have been injury prone. So has and McDavid has now. So Everly's been injured too. So like without those guys, um, you know, <laughs> the Oilers don't really have a team. So um, you, you can be sure, like if. Somehow win the lottery. The fans are going to be crying foul, saying yeah. that the draft is fixed. Yeah. Because after McDavid, like the ultimate prize, that they somehow get Austin Matthews. Oh, his are going to roll, man. Yeah. going to lose its mind. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, not just Canada, everyone. But yeah. uh, uh, but it does bring into question, like, who do you... I, I know this is, like, on Chirelli's mind, knowing Chirelli all these years. Um, like, he's probably going to try to trade one of these, you know, Eberle. Number one picks, absolutely. Um, yeah. 
I don't think you can. Well, obviously you can trade McDavid or <laughs> or uh, Drysaitel. Dry even Drysaitel because he's been looking good too. Yeah, um, he has. But I don't. I think it's going to come down to either R N H or Yakupov as much as I like. Or Eberle. Or Eberle. Uh, maybe Eberle too. He's a he's a character guy though. Yeah. I don't I, think I don't know if they want to trade Everly, but I think R N H and Yakupov. I think either one of those two. Well, I I was reading Yakupov has, has played good and he's played better. Yeah. Um, you know, it, he's still you know not living up to the hype yet that everyone was expecting. Him to. I was reading an article that um, like in terms of like uh, it's like a advanced stats or something like that where um, when R N H is on the ice or Nuge is on the ice, the yeah. Oilers. Corsi PDO, which um, has improved a lot, and then when he's off the ice, like they just, you know, they it goes downhill. Yeah, it goes downhill. So it just it proves how like like even though the Oilers aren't good, like it's RNH isn't the problem. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I guess you could trade Yakupov. Cause he's, that's not a knock on Yakupov. It's just yeah. that's what happens when you got so many number one picks on your team. Exactly, and you. I mean, um, and you could have. You know, you probably. I mean, I think the Oilers probably should have gone with like Ryan Murray or a defenseman um, for their p- first pick um, instead of Yakupov. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, I they I think. Well, that's 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 what they would do. I was I was reading uh, somewhere, or someone was mentioning that the, I don't tell me if you would do this if you're the St. Louis Blues, um, Eberly for Shattenkirk. You know what? That's a tough one. Because um, the Blues have the Blues have a lot of defensemen. They already yeah. have Peter Angelo. Shattenkirk's about to be a free agent. Uh, they kind of need a score to uh, help with, you know, Tarasenko and Bacchus. So they have, you know, someone to replace Oshie. Even though Brower is good, uh, but, you know, you need a forward. They're pretty good on defense already with Peter Angelo, who has a long contract. Shannon Kirk's about, I just mentioned, he's going to be a free agent next year. So I think Shannon Kirk would definitely help the Oilers in terms of defense stuff, um, so, um, I, I think you could do it, um, if it's, I mean, you would have to do Eberle, I know Eberle's a big part of their team, but, um, you already have all these other guys on your team that, um, (laughs) can help out. I think they need a more defensive defenseman than anything. Like, Sakara, if you look at Andre Sakara, he's been playing pretty good this year, actually. Yeah, Sakara's been good, true. Yeah, but I I think, like, you need, like, I don't know if he's, like, the guy. Um, You need, like, a shutdown. No, no, he's not, no. And I think Shattenkirk could be. Um, uh, So that was the one suggestion where I was thinking, like, at first I was like, I don't know if they'll do it, but then I was like, yeah, actually it might work. Um... So, um, it should, but yeah, it should be interesting to see about that. Um, I, I, I don't know when the Oilers will make this kind of trade, but because you can't really do big trades in season, uh, nowadays. They'll probably do it in the off season. I mean, if Shattenkirk goes, they'll probably be at the deadline. 
Right. Because if, if, if he's going to be a free agent, they're not going to let him walk for nothing if, if, if they don't think they can keep him. So. Right, but like just someone with that contract, though, it's going to yeah, be tough. that's true. Um, all right. So, um, so, yeah, so we talked about the Oilers. I guess <laughs> since we were gone for two weeks, we have a lot to talk about for the Sens and the Bruins. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you start off with uh, with how the Bruins have been playing. We alluded to them a little bit. In yeah, we've we've been talking about them uh, throughout this podcast, sort of, uh, or we've touched on them. So yeah, so the Bruins. Um, let's see here. So when we left off, um, it was uh, during Thanksgiving. Uh, so the Bruins had the exciting game against. Uh, well, they first they claimed Landon Ferrero. Off of waivers, mm-hmm. um, from, Detroit, yeah. from Detroit. He's been really good for us. He's been uh, he's been an improvement for our fourth line guy. Um, he got a goal last night, but um, yeah, he's been pretty good. He got a um, it's um, he's the, Ray Ferraro's son. Apparently, um, I don't watch Canada sh- um, hockey, obviously, but. Ray Ferraro is the uh, play-by-play guy, or the sideline guy. Yeah, and the glass Peter McGuire guy, yeah. Um, so, uh, so that's cool. Um, it's, as, uh, as, uh, there's the Boston accent, I don't know if you know. It's, uh, you replace... Yeah, he's got a little bit of one, yeah. No, no, I was, uh, there's, uh, for a Boston accent, you have R... Um, you replace the R's with an H, um, so like you know, I parked my car, kind of thing. So I, I was, um, it's like um, it, uh, Ferraro is one of the worst names you can do for uh, the Boston accent. It's like Ferraro. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, no, I've I've liked what I've seen from him. Um, he, uh... He, he was on a Detroit team with a stacked ton of prospects. Yeah. Like and all that, and became expendable. Not, again, yeah. not a knock on him, just Detroit, extremely talented. Yeah, and he's a, he's a good fourth-line guy, which is something that we needed, uh, last... We, you know, we pretty much got rid of all our Merlot-line guys on last se- off-season, so... Um, our fourth line was definitely struggling before him. And now we're, you know, we're finally getting it together. We had, like, two goals last night, uh, both from the fourth line. So, um, so that's, that's good to hear. Um, and then we had the Rangers game after Thanksgiving, um, which was uh, interesting, too. Uh, um, we had Marshawn, who uh, uh, hit... Um, Henrik Lundqvist and uh, Julian thought it was a dive. He uh, it was a great quote. Uh, he said something like, um, "You know, I know Lundqvist does a bit of acting, but he should keep it off the ice." <laughs> and then Vigneault said, um, "Yeah, yeah. yeah Vigneault said that. Who would you rather have as a son, Marshawn and Lundqvist?" <laughs> um, and then I think Julian, oh, and then Julian said something about, um, how, oh, he mentioned something like, you should stop whining about Aaron Rome. Um, back in 2011, uh, the Stanley Cup, where Vigneault was the Canucks coach, 
Um, Aaron Rome, yeah, Aaron Rome hit uh, uh, Thornton, Horton, um, and injured him. Um, it was a big part of that cup victory because the Bruins were just like, all right, you don't hit one of our guys, and they just kind of turned it on. Yeah, um, so. Uh, so Julian and Vigneault have uh, are <laughs> don't like each other. Um, so I, I mean, it's it's good. Um, as a Boston fan, you know we hate the Yankees, the Jets, the Giants, the Knicks. Um, so it's it's good that the rain. Like, I don't actually mind the Rangers too much, but it's um it's it's kind of. Um, Montreal, Toronto, and even Philly more than you yeah, just look like the Rangers. Yeah, that's true. I yeah, Montreal's definitely the worst. I don't yeah. I think there's still some animosity with Toronto there at times. Yeah, I, I more feel pity for Toronto than anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Everyone does right now. Yeah. And then yeah, and then Philly is a big one too. But yeah, it's a, it's um. I, I'd be okay with, uh, like, a rivalry with New York, uh, the Rangers, and the Bruins. Um, uh, but, yeah, so so there's that. And then we had uh, – so then we went – so then we won. And then we didn't play until next Wednesday where we um, – where we – where, like, we were playing the Oilers, the Flames, and the Canucks. So we went to the Western Canada – which is perfect timing for me, who has finals now. But, um, <laughs> the, uh, so we didn't play, like, we were a little rusty against the Oilers, but we got a point. Um, we should have gone, we should have won that game. Um, then we had Calgary, then we played Calgary on Friday, which was one of the most. Yeah, we should have won that game, uh, where we had, like, a penalty shot from Marshawn. Based off of Dougie Hamilton's uh, penal mistake, and then we had. Um, and then Dougie redeemed himself in overtime. Obviously. Yeah, and then they he redeemed himself in overtime. They scored with like one second left in uh, regulation. Yeah. Um, so that was probably the most frustrating loss, but it was also exciting. Um, I like the Flames too, so it was kind of like the weird. The Flames are starting to turn it up. They were down three nothing against Dallas, so they came yeah. back and won in overtime. And then they won this game against the Bruins, so yeah, um, yeah, they they look good. I mean, they, I mean, it's it's kind of tough to lose that a game like that, but at the same time, you're like, well, I guess they earned it, you know. So um, looking back, that Marshawn getting robbed by Curry Ramo there, I think it was in the second period. That was yeah. a game saver in the grand scheme of things because Curry doesn't sure. take it to overtime without that save. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the, that's true. And then we played uh, the the Canucks last night. Um, Mar- and then we talked about you know the Prust on Marshawn thing. But um, I think yeah, he was out of man at that point. Yeah, but uh, we we shut them out four zero. It's funny. Jack Edwards was saying. Uh, Jack Edwards said that like I can't remember the last time it was four zero on this in this building. Um, <laughs> It's like I think uh, I think I can smell like champagne and stuff. He so. went for the jugular. Yeah, oh exactly. My goodness. Um. So yeah. yeah. Said, Don't want to hear that. 
<laughs> so, um, uh, good old Jack Edwards. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Jack Edwards, I mean, yes, he's a homer, but, um, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what you want with your announcers, though. You don't want, yeah. like, you don't want your announcers who are just like, okay, the team scored, you know, but, um. That's still ruthless, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was funny. Um, yeah, so the Bruins have been playing. So we got uh, four out of possible six points in that game. So I, but I feel like we could have, we could have had six points out of six games. We're on a, um, I think we're on a, like a, I think an eight game point streak, um, especially with something like. With how tight the uh, Atlantic Division is right now, um, I think it's it's definitely disappointing because we could have, you know, we need all the points we can get. Um, yeah, outside, outside of the Montreal, um, yeah. like it's it's a three horse race for second place between Ottawa, Boston, and Detroit. There, it's back and forth between those. Well, teams. even with well, now that Montreal doesn't have Carey Price, it's you know, yeah, it's, it's all free for all. It's it's now a free for all with like Montreal, Detroit, Ottawa, Boston, and Florida and Tampa Bay. If they get hot, yeah. Um, and Buffalo, if they yeah. To win a few more games, actually, they beat they beat um, they beat Anaheim, uh, and then I I don't know if they beat San Jose last night or not. Uh, they did. I think it was overtime, they, right? In overtime, okay. Wait, wait, who, oh no, who are you talking about? Tampa beat San Jose, oh yeah, yeah. Tampa beat San Jose last night, I don't know what the final score was in that game. Yeah, they, they won, um, I don't think it was, oh yeah, it wasn't overtime. Okay, there you go. Yeah, it was 4-3. 4-3, so, so Tampa Bay is, they're, they're getting, uh, they're, they're getting some, uh, they're getting some wins now. They're starting to get hot. Ben Bishop has a GAA below two this year, and probably deserves a better record with those kind of numbers. Yeah, and his offense is, is is just starting to find their stride. And, and like I said, at the, and I've alluded to this back so many times in, in previous episodes of this podcast. You need to take advantage of Tampa's struggles because eventually they're going to wake up, and when they do. That ground that you gained on them is going to be huge down the stretch. Yeah, um, yeah, it's true, and especially now, also with Montreal, um, yeah. with uh, without Carey Price, I did want to mention we did talk about it briefly, but uh, Brad Marchand has uh, eight goals in nine games. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got like twelve, thirteen on the year. Yeah, he has 13 goals on the year, um, and um, so I, I, I personally want him in the All-Star game to captain the All-Star team, just because it will piss off everyone else. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. Just just at Montreal, basically. But, um, but uh, I don't think that's going to happen. But he does deserve to be in the All-Star game. Um, I know he's a pest, but he's... He's finally, and he, well, he's, I, he's producing, he's, yeah. he's getting results. Any Boston Bruins diehard knows that, yes, he's a pest, and yes, he's 
you know, he can be a little dumb at times. But he's well, also he's game, though. He's tough to stop. He yeah. In the playoffs but he's also this guy can be dominant. Yeah, that that was my point. He he yeah. he's also very skilled too. Um, there's there's so he's been playing. He's playing off his rocker now. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, he's, he's kind of a Brendan Gallagher type guy, the guy that will get under your skin, yeah. but he can produce offensively. Well, I was gonna say more like a Corey Perry. I mean, obviously, yeah, him too. Uh, Although Corey Perry is. More of a bona fide thirty goal scorer than Marshawn is. <laughs> True. And that's why I suggest Gallagher. Well, no, I was thinking he also just. Has on his team, to be fair. Right, right. No, I was. I mean, obviously, Corey Perry produces more, but I, I was just. Yeah, I was just saying that in right. terms of like the like he gets in your face, but yeah. he can also score, kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, so I, I, I love Brad Marshawn now even more than I used to. Um, so it's like, um, yeah, it's, um, I'm glad that he's doing well. I think that's about it for me in terms of the Bruins. Um, so now, now we'll go to the Sens. Well, they scored a combined 11 goals versus Colorado and Dallas and came away with two wins in the process. Honestly, I, that's something I wasn't expecting. Even against Dallas and, and regardless of, you know, how, how much of an Achilles heel their defense can be at times, and they probably hit a rough patch over the last couple of weeks. But at that time, they had um, they didn't lose that much in regulation, and they had I think 17 wins by the time uh, Ottawa had uh, come into their building. So, and you know Dallas is a very highly powered offensive team. To score seven goals on the Dallas Stars is impressive. Um, their first win against Dallas, I think, since 2008, um, and then. Colorado, um, they were up four to one, and uh, then Colorado made a game of it late. But fortunately, Ottawa was able to hang on. And that's the one thing. Although those two wins were impressive, I didn't like the fact that Ottawa had their opponent on the ropes, and yet their opponent showed signs of life in the third. They were able to hang on both times, but that's still concerning as a fan when you have control of the game, and then just bang, bang, up, oh, no, and the the opponents found their way back into it, but. Regardless, they got, came away with two wins, two wins they desperately needed. Uh, then they go into Arizona, they lose a close one because of, of all people, Mikhail Bodker. The dude has eight goals on the year. Wow. Um, after that game with, with Ottawa, know. he had eight goals on the year. Arizona outscored Ottawa in the season series, uh, I think it was eight to four. Six of their eight goals against Ottawa this year. And six of Mikhail Bodker's eight goals on the season came against the Senators. Two hat-tricks wow. in the same year against one team. That's the only player been able to do that against Ottawa. Scored two hat-tricks in the same season. Absolutely incredible. So he single-handedly carried the Coyotes to victory that night. Um, then they host Philly lose 4-2. to So a couple of losses against teams they probably should have beaten but didn't. Then they come back with a pair of OT wins against the Blackhawks and the Islanders. Now they face the Rangers tonight in Madison Square Garden, a place that, surprisingly, Ottawa has done very well at in the past couple of years. I I don't think they've lost a regulation game. I think the last time they lost a regulation game in Madison Square Garden, I don't think Carlson was even on the team. So that's how long it's been. I'm not... Don't trust me on that. I, I, I remember that from last year. 
after. I remember they had a big winning streak and they lost in overtime in Madison Square Garden. So if you if you consider and now this is excluding the playoffs, I think, because the Rangers did beat them two one in regulation in Game Seven that one year. But in the regular in the regular season, Ottawa's had the Rangers number in the Garden. Uh, um, the big question mark is the stats of Kyle Turris. I don't know if you saw the play last night. Um, not even going to begin to describe it. All I will say is his leg isn't supposed to bend left foot. Okay, so oh yeah, I think I did see that actually. Off the ice, pain and uh, and when uh, one of the reporters asked Dave Alturis, he said, "Don't know yet. I'm afraid to ask." So when your coach is concerned like that, that's that says a lot. So I hope it's nothing too bad. But at the same time, I'm preparing for the worst, and that's unfortunate because Kyle Turris is has been and what the is not the best. in the final minute, and then Carlson with the win in overtime. I think it was Bobby Ryan who set him up. Bobby Ryan has been impressing this year, even though he hasn't scored all that much. He's been contributing offensively and and that's what you need out of out of this team you need guys stepping up you need guys that don't quit that play their their hearts out uh, until the final whistle and, and this was a character comeback win for ottawa down two nothing against the Islanders, fight their way back in the third get it tied and then they get they get it done they get the two points so you know 60 minute effort full 60 minute effort you know they still need to work on that's still a work in progress, but they're getting the results. And around this time last year, they're, they're getting the one-goal wins, which is what they need to do. So if, if, they, if they keep playing, if they keep giving performances like uh, they've been given over the past couple of weeks and their offense continues to roll. So, I don't know, I don't know if you have anything to add to that point, Brett, or yeah. maybe I've uh, stolen every point that you've had about Ottawa. Um, no, I mean, I haven't really watched too many of the Ottawa's games. I was just looking at the uh, the last two games where Carlson has been a, uh, you know, he's he's contributed to the OT point. Um, so, it's, uh, I know that he said earlier in the year that he didn't like the OT, so it's, it's uh, interesting that he's now... He's actually he's, he's now. Really stepped up his, he's really stepped up his game. Apparently, he was on the ice for all the goals, including the Islander ones. So. Yeah. Well, he got the Islander one, right? Yeah, he got the game winner, yeah. Yeah, so. I um, think both the Islanders goals he was on the ice for as well. Yeah, yeah. According to what I heard. So, um, so yeah, it's it's good. I, I mean, yeah, the. Uh, I didn't really watch any of the. Uh, uh, Senators games, but yeah, it's um, I mean they're they're I guess they've been proving that they're they're actually for real, and last season wasn't really a fluke. So um, we'll see. Um, let's see here. Uh, the uh, so yeah, I'm just looking at their schedule. The Senators have uh, they play tonight against the Rangers. They um, and then on Tuesday yeah. they have the Panthers. Thursday they have the yeah. Lightning. Saturday they have the Canadians. So that's a, a pretty uh, big uh, games for uh, for them in terms of divisional and of standings and stuff. Divisional games too. That's 
that's three straight divisional games, and I'm guessing because they play Tampa, Florida and then Tampa, that's probably going to be their Florida road trip. Yes. I know they usually like to get those out of the way in succession, so I'm guessing that's going to be a road trip for them. Yeah, it's it's gonna it's that's probably what it is. Um, yeah. Um, or maybe it's not. I don't know. No, no, it's an away game for both. I think so. Yeah, away game. I figured. Yeah. Uh, the um, and then for the Bruins, we have uh, Monday. We have Nashville. Um, yeah, Wednesday, Habs. At we're at Montreal for rivalry night. Um, Florida on Saturday, and then we have Montreal Florida. Montreal in prime time at that great price. That'll be interesting. Yeah, Wednesday. It's always funny for for us American hockey fans. Like NBCSN has Wednesday night rivalry night, and it's always like two like obscure teams that don't really have a rivalry. Like um, I don't know. Like sometimes they have like the Detroit against Buffalo. It's like Wait, they have a rivalry, <laughs> um, but like, uh, so it's uh, it's fun that now they have an actual rivalry with Boston and Montreal. Um, sometimes they do have a rivalry, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think when they define rivalry, it's maybe division rivalry or like a Western Conference Finals rematch or an Eastern Conference Finals yeah. rematch. I guess it depends on how you define a rivalry these days. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, it's always, but it's like funny to me when I'm thinking like, oh, like, yeah, the great, uh, Islanders, you know, Sharks rivalry. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, the, like, uh, like the Senators, we have, uh, we have a lot of divisional games ahead of us, but, um, so it should be, it should, I mean, it's, it's, uh, whenever we play Montreal, it's always been a test to see where we're at, so uh, I'm excited for that, um, for yeah, Especially Wednesday. getting to, to play against Montreal. Yeah, especially. And, like, to see, you know what, this Montreal team is made up without Carey Price, that's going to be, that's going to be tough for them. Because Price yeah. has always had their number, in, and Tuca's, Tuca's always had a tough time against Montreal, it seems. Yeah, it's the only team that he has a trouble with, um, I guess. Um, so he, uh, he was, uh, the last time they played, uh, they benched Tuca and they started Gustafsson. And I wanted them to start Tuca, um, but um, whatever. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, that, that was right. That was one penalty in the final minutes. Yeah, yeah, that was the stupid David Krejci penalty, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Tuca went out to, like, play out of his mind in the next game against the Islanders, so, um, so I was, I was always curious, like, to see, like, oh, well, that not was, that, that Gustafsson, uh, not that Gustafsson has been bad, but, um, yeah, it was just, yeah, like, like, you know, both, both these teams, like, they're, they're two different teams, they're not the same team. Yeah, it's true, we've, we've been playing a lot better now. Uh, we have Kevin Miller back too, so um, we uh, our penalty kill is uh, better, but um, we'll yeah, see. That's what Marshawn was saying too. Marshawn was saying that they're that. Uh, yeah, well, that's the thing with the Bruins is that like we're their penalty kill is, has really improved. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing with like. They got the number one ranked 
are playing the league and yet the penalty kill is holding them back. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny, too, because, like, for years, our pa- power play used to be terrible. Yeah. And our penalty kill was really good. So yeah. it's like... Now, so, now, now the things have changed, yeah. Yeah. So it now gives me hope that, like, okay, so we can get the penalty kill. Because when you have guys like Chara and Bergeron and Marchand as a penalty killing guy, you know, you know, you know your you you know your penalty kill is in good hands, really. But um, so I think it's just like focus for them now, where you're, where I have hope at least. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think that's about it for us. I don't know unless you have something else you want to say. Um, no, uh, I do have one more thing to say. We we have this uh, email account, laceupbag at gmail.com, because yep. as much as we like to talk talk about the stuff we want to talk about, we want to hear your opinions. So if you have any questions or any topics you want us to address on our next show, which would be episode 11 of the Lace Em Up podcast, you can email us, laceupbag at gmail.com, and we will be happy to answer those for you. So... Until we talk again. Oh wait, on hold on. 11. Oh, and also that uh, reminds me. You can also uh, we have a Twitter, uh, Laysome Podcast um, at yeah. Laysome Podcast Twitter. So yeah, uh, look Twitter for that. Are yeah, Twitter questions are welcome to. Um, yeah. So now I, I get sorry to cut you off there. No, no, it's okay. We need to. We need to pump up the Twitter followers somehow, right? Exactly. Anyways, until we talk again in episode 11 of the Lace Up Podcast, I'm Stephen Ellsworth. I'm Brett Duboff. Have um, yourselves a great week. We'll yeah. talk again soon.